0: Welcome to the One Hour Minute, where we continue our hard target search for fun and facts through the minutes of the 1993 action classic, The Fugitive. I'm Roger. And I'm Susan. And this is Minute 8 of The Fugitive. Here's our Wednesday episode. It's hump day. This minute starts with more nosy questions from the detectives. Uh, and it ends with some gun talk, and in between we get—we this is the minute where we really get some good cop, bad cop. And when I say yeah. good cop, I mean Rosetti, the one we like. And when I say bad cop, I mean Kelly, who's just an ass. <laughs> um, I mean that. D- don't you agree with me that like that's sort of the dynamic? Oh, for sure. Um, where would you like to start in this minute? I have a bunch of notes, but I think I—I uh, I usually start. So, like, where do you want to start?
1: Well, this is the first mention of a one-armed man Yeah, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also an important, well, not an important point, but um, Kimball says uh, that they have a maid who has a key and a code to the house. And I'm entertained by the use of the word maid. Really? I'm going to picture someone in a maid's outfit. <laughs> oh. Sort of like uh, from the movie Clue. You know, like the French yeah. maid with the style. Yeah. Out. <laughs>
0: I am your singing telegram. Bang. Um <laughs> I mean, it's fair. Do you feel like that term is sort of, she's, she's out, of out of out of fashion?
1: Yeah, I think it's out of fashion because to me a maid is someone who like brings you like your tea in the morning and all that. Whereas after this she's always referred to as a housekeeper.
0: Yeah, I would say like we have a housekeeper. Um, because it's we got to the point where we were like, you know what, we don't like cleaning the house. We yeah. really like someone else to do it for us.
1: But you would uh, never call her a maid.
0: I would not because I feel like that's like calling her a stewardess.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, I think if someone brings you your papers in the morning, though, just uh, I don't want to be too pedantic. <laughs> I think it, I think then they have become your valet. Yeah, I think so. Or a butler.
1: But I'm sure this is the kind of person who comes in who you know cleans up around the house, who feeds the cats
0: and cleans the litter box. You know, and just that's it. I'm glad you brought up that uh, that section of the minute um, because I just want to say again. Harrison Ford's quiet acting in this whole scene is amazing. And the way that the way that he answers the question, which is it, it's like it's like it's all he can do to like force a little bit of air out of his mouth.
1: I was going to say one of the things that strikes me the most about this minute is his breathing. Yeah. Because he he he's breathless and he's slowly falling apart. You can tell. I just get, It's more and more of a struggle for him as the minute and this the next minute, especially progress. It's like, <laughs> like you know, like when you know, someone's been crying and is upset, and they get that uneven kind of like <laughs> breathing. Yeah, it is very good at that.
0: Yeah, I would describe his breathing as both shallow and ragged. Yeah. Um, do you think it is the intention of the cops in this interview to to force him to break down? Like,
1: I wouldn't they... be surprised. That's a that's pretty that's a pretty universal technique, I think, in in interrogations. I think you're probably right. Um it... it's just it's just the way the whole scene is set up, with you know, he's 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 got his back against the door, against the wall at the door, so the door is behind him. There's a, a cop on either side of him. Um so he he's he's got nowhere to go he's suffered a tremendous loss that he's still trying to process probably and they're just keep banging on about questions
0: i'm glad i mentioned yeah i'm glad you mentioned the staging and the composition because i do think that the way that they have the way that this scene is shot um, and especially the way that it opens with essentially i guess what we would call a, sort of a wide shot like it it pans from right to left we it pans from kelly to rossetti but it We get the three of them on screen, and it's pretty clear that
1: he's cornered. Yeah, because it's very different from your quote-unquote typical interrogation scene, because it's usually a dark room, and it's usually a longer table with two cops on one side and the suspect on the other side. Whereas in this one, it's a normally lit room, and they're on either side of it.
0: Yeah, and well, so to be fair, I also think at least the way that this is being set up, like... In a lot of those scenes, like the person has already been arrested. Like they are being interrogated in an right. attempt, presumably, to elicit a confession. This is theoretically still just a conversation with a pro- with a witness. It's an interview as opposed to an interrogation. That's right. I mean, yeah. we we have not even we have not even decided that we're going to arrest Kimball yet. That's no, that happened
1: to come. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's gonna happen next week, I think. Um so like theoretically if you're if you're Richard Kimball at this point you might think that the cops here are trying to help you
1: yeah I mean I, he, I think everything that that Kimball does here is first of all he's trying to give them information so they can catch the person who does has done this and then it's it slowly kind of morphs into disbelief that they're they don't seem to want to capture this person which becomes which becomes realization that no oh, crap they're looking at me
0: right. <laughs> yeah right. Um, can we talk about the the scene with the door? Yes. Um, because again, the sound work in this movie is tremendous, and in this particular minute, um, like we get this we get this sound when they when they cut to the scene of this forensics guy, I guess presumably dusting the the door for prints. Um, the sound that they they use to make that cut it kind of sounds like both a gunshot. And a photograph.
1: Yeah, which are both relevant to, like, a, like she was she was killed with a gun, and this is a scene, like a yeah, CIS kind of scene. Where...
0: That's right. I think you said CIS. Did you? Uh,
1: CSI. <laughs> I don't know. I don't hey. watch some shows. Kadundan.
0: I don't, I don't <laughs> know Canada. Maybe they call it something different up there. Is it the Criminal Investigation Service?
1: Well, you we, we translate it into French.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, KFC up here is PFK.
0: Wouldn't the CSI be the S uh, S I C?
1: What does it stand for, criminals?
0: Crime scene investigation.
1: Uh, investigation du
0: ICS. Mm-hmm. Who knows? That
1: was backwards in French.
0: Quebecois listeners, write in and tell us how we should how we how we should spell CSI. um did you notice how—and so I, I want to talk about Detective Kelly's body language, and we are going to profile Ron Dean, who plays Detective Kelly, in this minute. But did you notice how um, <laughs> Kelly cuts off—so so Kimball is like, you know, as I told you, but he doesn't get a chance to tell them, because Kelly just immediately jumps in with this, do you own a gun doc? Yeah. Um, it, it's like—
1: They're asking him questions that they—as you said before, I think you said in the previous minute— that. They they already know the answer to right, so he doesn't need him to repeat what he's saying. It's just like okay, I'm just gonna jump in. I'm and I'm gonna rattle him and ask him the hot button question. Do you have a gun?
0: Yeah, the the way that Ron Dean sits in this minute and in this interrogation in general just seems aggressive. Like the way that the way that he's shot, he is generally being shot, leaning back with his t- uh, chin tilted down. Which I find to be an aggressive stance.
1: I feel like throughout this interview so far, he Detective Kelly is the bare light bulb.
0: Ah, yeah, the, the yeah, that that's a good point.
1: Yeah, so he's just like, you know, he's like he's just glaring, kind of staring at him, you know, like you said, like back, you know, chin down, like mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, on the other hand, I mean, like Rossetti, his posture is very neutral, seems pretty natural, you know. Well, he's
1: leaning forward because he's taking notes, he's writing things down, and you know, he, he's more in a natural pose because he's doing. He's, he's got something to do,
0: right? I haven't. I haven't studied body language in a long time, but I'm pretty sure leaning away is an unfriendly gesture, and leaning forward, that. leaning forward, is a friendly gesture.
1: Yeah, it's just like how having your arms crossed across your chest is uh, a, you know, a form of uh, aggression, almost.
0: <laughs> That's right. Do you know? Do they have Disney stores up there in the Great White North?
1: Uh, um, I can't speak for the rest of Canada, but uh, not in Quebec now. Okay,
0: but are you? Are you? Have you ever seen a Disney store?
1: Oh, yeah, I've been to Disney.
0: Okay, I'm not talking about like the gift. Oh, yeah, I've been to the- I've the been world.
1: to the Disney stores in the states. Yeah.
0: Do you know that there's a there is a specific and very particular code of conduct for Disney store employees, and you are never allowed as a Disney store employee to stand with your arms folded.
1: To be honest, I would be stunned if there was not something like that at a Disney store. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> because they're all about rules, and you know. I'm sure there are the people who invented like a talk with a smile because then you people can tell, you know, you
0: also <laughs> You also can't put your hands behind your back. I had an ex-girlfriend once who was working at the Disney store for a time and she was telling me all the secret inside rules.
1: Oh yeah. I love all the behind the scenes rules and secret, you know, underground bunkers and all that stuff that they have at Disney. Oh yeah.
0: This is also, I think, the minute where we really get our first clear picture of the gun. Um, And so, where possible, I like to talk about firearms in my movies, Um, thanks to the amazing website, the Internet Movie Firearms Database.
1: Now, I have not looked this up. Can I take a guess at what the gun is? Sure. Is it a Smith & (laughs) Wesson?
0: (laughs) Nope. That was fun. You want to guess again?
1: (laughs) I got a of other guns. That's yeah.
0: well, fine. That's fine. Good guess. Um, so yeah, so uh this is actually it's made by Colt, not Smith and Wesson. This is a 38 caliber revolver that's called a Colt Detective Special. And it looks like a cot gun. Yeah. So I believe the name comes from the fact that it was designed to be used as a concealed weapon by detectives. Mm. So like if you have a if you have a an ankle piece, if you have a, a backup piece, right, it might it might be your cult detective special.
1: And a backup piece, spoiler, everybody, plays a big role in the U.S. Marshals movie. Oh, As really? Roger Wold has not seen him Not watch.
0: I have. I'll watch U.S. Marshals. Wait, what are you talking about? I won't watch U.S. Marshals. When did I ever say that?
1: Okay, Behind You I watch think... U.S. Marshals, and I'll watch Prime Wolf for you.
0: I okay. Well, I'm. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm being. I think my experience is not going to be as good as yours, but um, I think that assuming this goes well and we're still podcasting together 122 minutes from now, um, we should, we're should we going to have to watch U.S. Marshals as part of our exploration of the fugitive cinematic universe.
1: I think it's it's just a given at this point. Sure, for, for sure.
0: That's all I've got for this minute before we talk about Rondine. You got anything else?
1: Oh, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um... All I can think of, because I love a good Western, is the saying that uh, God made man, but Mr. Colt made men equals. <laughs> something along those lines. Wait, say that again? <laughs> something like, oh, what's the saying? Like, uh,
0: I don't know the saying. You're on your own ear. Yeah,
1: God made man, but Samuel Colt made all men equal.
0: Oh, because they can like, a, because they can all kill each other.
1: Well, I think I think Colt was the. F- uh, I'm 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 just I might be making this out of a whole cloth at this point, but I'm pretty sure Colt was the first company to kind of make an affordable firearm, if you know what I mean.
0: And hey, who doesn't need more affordable firearms? Affordable firearms. <laughs> if there's, if there's anything instructive that Canada and the United States have taught us, it's that more guns usually results in more dead people. <laughs> um. Okay. On that note, should we talk about Ron Dean a little bit? Let's do it. So so he is our other detective. He plays Detective Kelly, which I actually think is a way more chicago name than Rosetti. Um, he is also from Chicago. <gasps> um, he was born in 1938. Um, and But the, the main difference between him and Joe Casala is that Ron Dean is actually a professional actor. He's actually an actor. <laughs> he is not coming to us from the world of law enforcement. He has about 100 credits in the IMDb. Had Just out of curiosity, had you seen him in a movie other than this one that you can... That he you...
1: certainly looks familiar. He does. And I remember looking up his IMDb and going, oh, of course, he's this, the cop in this movie.
0: Right. He's, he's not in Under Siege, so you wouldn't have seen him there. Although... He is in four Andrew Davis films with Joe Casala. Like, the two of them essentially became partners <laughs> in the fictional police universe that is Joe, uh, Andrew Davis movies. So mm-hmm. besides this one, uh, the two of them were in Code of Silence, which has got to be a Steven Seagal movie because it has three words and the, the middle one is short. Um, he's in Above the Law, which we talked about, and he's in Chain Reaction. Right. Not in Primal Fear. No. Um, He has been in three movies with Tom Cruise.
1: Cocktail's one of them. I see it right here.
0: Yes. Uh, Are you looking at my notes?
1: No, I'm looking at IMDb.
0: Yes. (laughs) Uh, Cocktail, I'm not, tell you what, uh, because I don't want our listeners to get smashed every day this week, I'm not going to ask you if you've ever seen Cocktail.
1: I have seen it.
0: You have? I have. Do you recognize him from Cocktail?
1: No, it's been a while.
0: He plays Brian, I think it's Flanagan. He plays Brian Flanagan's uncle, the guy who owns the bar um, that sort of gives him, he gives him man-to-man advice.
1: The Australian guy.
0: No. No? No. He owns a bar. Well, first, first, he also owns a bar, but he's not Brian Flanagan's uncle. Is not some <laughs> Australian dude named Coghlan. Um, oh, man. You need to go back and rewatch Cocktail, or maybe you don't, because that movie
1: is... That movie is it's terrible. Not good. It's, I think terrible. that's why I don't remember much about it because it was not good.
0: I mean, <laughs> it gave us it gave us Elizabeth Shue, so I'm not complaining. Actually, no, Karate Kid gave us Elizabeth Shoe. but yeah. Cocktail is also one that sort of helped uh, propel her career. So I'm not complaining, but um, Ron Dean might actually be one of the best parts. Of cocktail, It's pretty good in that. But he he's also in the movie Risky Business, mm-hmm. and he's also in the movie The Color of Money, all three with Tom Cruise. Um, but that's not actually where I recognize him from. The movie that I recognize Ron Dean from the most, and it it it's probably one of the reasons why I hate him so much in this movie. Besides the fact that he's just a real jackass all the time, um, he is. Best known to me, actually, for his role in the Christopher Nolan movie *The Dark Knight*.
1: I think that might be where I know him from because I'm looking through his uh, his uh, list of I almost 100 credits here, and there's nothing that I would that jumps out at me as like, oh yeah, that's where I know him from.
0: I bet *The Dark Knight* is one of the four movies that IMDb will give you if you look up Ron Dean. Let's see, uh, yeah, Ron that- Dean's IMDb gives us *The Fugitive*, *The Dark Knight*, *The Breakfast*. What? Oh, right. <laughs> He plays, so we'll get, tell you what, we'll get back to The Dark Knight in a minute. As an aside, in The Breakfast Club, he plays, um, he plays Anthony Michael Hall's father. Wow. The nerd. Um, nope, I'm wrong. Okay, good. This makes more sense. He plays Emilio Estevez's dad, who's the right. jock. Um, but yeah, so, the, in, so in The Dark Knight, he plays, spoiler alert for The Dark Knight now, he plays Crooked Cop Wurtz, who is one of one of the people. He he's one of the people who helps the Joker. Let's just say he's one of the people who helps the Joker execute his plan. Right. Which we will not go into any more detail because this is not the Dark Knight Minute, and I don't want to spoil that movie if you haven't seen it.
1: Batman Minute, it's a thing.
0: But he does play. He plays a really sleazy cop in that in that movie.
1: I now know what I know him from because I could picture him in a military uniform and I couldn't figure out why. I know him from the movie The Guardian. The what? The uh, the Guardian, which is a Kevin Costner movie about um Coast Guard swimmers.
0: Oh. Wait, that and and it it's not the Cuba Gooding one about people who like wear big diving
1: bells on their head? Yeah. Oh, 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 no. The Guardian is Kevin Costner and Ashton Kutcher. Wow. So Kevin Costner is like a former swimmer who, you know, Uh, it, uh I don't want to give away like, too many plot details, but loses his partner. And then he has a troubled past. past. Well, yeah. He, he has a goose in his past, you know, from like Top Gun. And so he teaches at the uh, Coast Guard Academy. And Asht- Ashton Kutcher is the big, you know, star pupil who, you know, needs to be taught life lessons and so on Wait, and so forth. No,
0: Ashton Kutcher is the person with a troubled past.
1: They all have troubled past. Everybody has a troubled past. That's
0: <laughs> fair. I'm watching the trailer for this movie now, and let me tell you, the the special effects look pretty bad.
1: For which one? For The Guardian?
0: For The Guardian. It looks like a lot of scenes shot in a dive tank.
1: Probably. But it's got Clancy Brown. It's got Clancy Brown. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. That's Clancy Brown. (laughs)
0: Clancy Brown is fantastic. Although if I had to watch a Clancy Brown movie, I might pick Starship Troopers.
1: I have never seen Starship Troopers. I'm adding it to my list because you're not the first person to mention it.
0: It's it's a thing. I watched it with Marcy when we were really drunk. (laughs) Because sometimes we like to get really drunk and then watch movies that are better when you're inebriated.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, I watched Highlander yesterday, so there's that.
0: With Clancy Brown. With Clancy Brown. With Clancy.
1: The reason I watched it was because I was listening to a podcast called uh, Sword Boys. Yes. And they were covering uh, Highlander.
0: Not just sure. any podcast. That is a podcast starring some of our
1: Movies by Minute brethren. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty great. It is great. I'm enjoying it. So I, like I sat down, I'm like I have to re- revisit this movie because it's probably been a year or two since I've seen it. The
0: Sword Boys. Have you ever seen any other Highlander movies?
1: I've seen the second one. I've seen. Oh my versions. god! I've seen both versions of the second one, where they are from another planet, and when they are not from another planet. I don't think I've seen the third one.
0: I've never seen Highlander 2, colon, The Quickening. Um, but I feel like I probably should at some point. That's definitely a prime candidate for drunk cinema.
1: I was going to say, get drunk and watch it. <laughs> I will. Because I don't think it would make any more sense if you were sober, so you might as well just enjoy the ride.
0: That's what I've heard. And that's Ron Dean. <laughs> We've make made videos. a lot of terrible movies that he did. Um, and some good ones. Um, you know, the dark no, The Dark Knight is an amazing movie, so go watch yeah. it. Okay. What else you got? Anything else or are we done for today?
1: I have a pretty slim on minute or notes for this minute.
0: Me too. Well Thank you once again for listening to another episode of the One-Armed Minute. Please, if you can, rate and review us on whatever app you use to listen to this. Uh, And if you give us a five-star review, we will read it out loud here in a future episode. Come and join us on Facebook at Tempest Fugitive, the One-Armed Minute search team. We're also on Twitter at One Armed minute and you, I'm never going to not say Twitter, because the other name is just so dumb. Um, or you can email us at onearmedminute at gmail.com. So remember, until next time.
1: I, I didn't my wife.
0: I don't care.